0: How can you be part of a religious community that straight up Sometimes signs? Sometimes it feels or like the church is trying to mold. The church seems to be stuck in their ways when the rest of the world. Why are they so obsessed with? Games? They keep trying to give answers would but they don't even know the questions. I would never be part of a church that's not welcoming. The church at all. is the most vocal, political voice against. Say Some churches still to one they claim I worship with the actual. Do you understand straight figures that is what 230 is pinning? The church seems to be stuck in their ways while the rest of the world. How is that It seems like so much of the church is work anti-critical thinking, homophobic, too narrow, judgmental, disconnected from what is truly happening in the real world. <sighs> the church needs therapy. Welcome to the next episode of The Church Needs Therapy. And today I'm going to be talking about growing and evolving and how our own individual growth affects the relationships we have with other individuals with communities and with entire institutions and why there's things we need to let go of in order to keep growing and evolving well and maintaining our joy and maintaining or or, or increasing our sense of freedom along the way so before I get into this episode I was just looking at some old Instagram posts to find out when did I post the first episode of the Church Needs Therapy last year. And there are, I think, three more episodes after this, and then it will be the one year anniversary of the Church Needs Therapy, which is awesome and is really the only reason I'm taking the time to say that. You know, to commit to do this weekly last year during the pandemic for at least a year while I was writing my first book was definitely an endeavor. And man, it's just been so amazing to know the people and to know of the people who are to- tuning in to make the connections I've made with people who have been on the show to keep creating content, to keep creating these teachings for the show, to keep having more interviews. There's so many people I've met, so many people who are tuning in that I'm just so grateful that are listening. And yeah, I just wanted to share that coming up to a year anniversary. I have no plans to stop anytime soon. I just wanted to name that and I wanted to just communicate that because I just realized that and am excited heading into the next year. So, let's talk about growing, evolving relationships and why we have to do a lot of letting go along the way. During a break from our event, there was a group of us who were eating an early dinner and having a drink before we were all going to return to the night session. We were in Los Angeles for a gathering that brought together some of the leading thinkers on evolutionary spirituality, the unfolding nature of consciousness, and what the faith of the future might look like. It was essentially a place that would make my Bible college professors really sad that I was at. I don't think my Bible college professors would approve of the event. But as we were eating, I'd go off on this unfiltered and epic rant. <clears throat> which I'll admit is normal dinner time conversation for me. And although I don't remember the exact nature of this, you know, playful and lighthearted but still serious tirade I was on, I'm sure I was talking about the difference between waking up and growing up, the limitations of beliefs to actually transform us, how direct experience of spirit is the grounding substance of everything, and how the mystic is the one who takes life so seriously that they don't have to take it seriously at all. And as I was finishing this rant, one of the guys at the table was just smirking. Now, this is a guy who is definitely much more at home in the conservative Christian household than I am. You know, he's probably more comfortable living within the current conditions of evangelicalism or or Christianity. But, uh, But besides that, he's also just a great guy, a guy I really like a lot, I've always got along with. So it wasn't like a malicious, you know, thing at all. But when I finish, he tells me that listening to me talk is like getting on a bus and going for a grand adventure. And while on this exciting journey, everything he says, or everything he tells me he sees out the window is so beautiful and it seems so exciting and it looks like this unparalleled atmosphere of freedom. Yet he finishes this description by saying, but I just can't go there with you. See, he sees beauty, excitement, and freedom, but he can't, which I would argue he just won't go there with me, which of course raises the question, why? Why would someone get a glimpse of this increased experience of freedom and beauty in their faith and in their life and still decide to stay where they are? Like, are you scared? If so, what are you scared of? That you won't fit back into your church? That you'll lose your job? That you've gone too far from home? You're scared that if you open up to new ways of seeing God, that you aren't sure where you're going to land in the end? That God might be mad at you or punish you? Or that somehow a free movement forward somehow creates a threat to your financial well-being, the institution you're a part of? See, this story reveals the complicated relationship we have with growth. There's nothing we want more than real transformation and nothing we resist more than change. We dream of a future that has the potential to guide us and liberate us and empower us, but we consistently avoid the spaces and opportunities that have the capacity to do that. We long to be surprised with the genuine experience of newness from God. But we keep holding on to this false sense of comfort from the old cosmic grooves we are in and this old path we're on. See, too often we choose what is familiar over what is freeing. But here's the thing. Change is never about betraying where you've been. It's always about becoming who you are. Jesus never critiqued people for widening the circle of inclusion, only those who were making it smaller. Jesus never got angry with people whose view of God and life was expanding, only with those who refused to grow. Not once did Jesus scold someone who was creating the spirit's future, but he did challenge everyone who kept recreating their traditions' past. This is why Ken Wilber writes: "God lies down the road, not up it. Spirit is found by going forward, not backward. The Garden of Eden lies in our future, not in our path. Path, <laughs> not in our past. The path keeps getting wider." God becomes even more embracing and you feel more and more like you. No matter how scary it feels each time you approach the edge of your old boundaried self and gaze beyond the mysterious threshold of growth, the movement of the spirit is always carried forward by those who are courageous enough to keep stepping beyond what they've known. So let's think about change for a second. One of the great pioneers of the Christian tradition, the Apostle Paul, became the icon that he is because he changed. See, Paul wrote in Galatians 1, 13 through 16, for you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it, I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. So Paul's essentially saying nobody believed in God more than me. Nobody cared about the faith more than me. Nobody studied, worked harder, and grasped more about the nature of God than I did. And he goes on and he says, but when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me. So Paul knows God, but then God reveals more of who he is. Pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. My immediate response was not to consult any human being. Paul believed in God passionately. And then God revealed himself more, disclosed more of the mystery, and turned the lights on so Paul could see with more clarity. And when this revealing took place, his view of God and humanity was radically changed. Paul went from a narrow and and an exclusive view of God that came from his tradition to a wider and more inclusive view that was revealed in Jesus. Paul was the most committed, devout, and faithful believer you could imagine. He was completely certain of what he believed. But when God revealed himself to him in an unexpected way, he realized he was partially wrong, that his view of God was limited, and that he needed to grow in his understanding of the mystery. See, besides Jesus, the most influential voice in the history of our faith became who he was and did what he did because he allowed his view of God, humanity, and himself to change. See, like I said, the path keeps getting wider. And yet, even though it is the voice of Christ who spoke to Paul and one of the greatest leaders in our tradition who changed so radically, Our household of faith is still so resistant to change and still so scared of growth. What do we lose when we change that is so traumatic to release? See, this is why the next question is, what do we need to let go of in order to keep growing and keep changing? There's another story when I was 24 years old, I was sitting in the back of a church in Hawaii and listening to one of the most ridiculous and dangerous sermons I've ever heard. This well-respected and popular preacher was talking about the military and war, how the devil and demons attack us, and other ideas I'm sure a part of me blocked out immediately after I heard them. It was, you know, magical, mythical thinking. It was nationalistic, and somehow this man still had the audacity to conclude the sermon with an altar call. After all of that, an altar call, really? what like, I'm still, what exactly were people supposed to say yes to? And despite my disbelief that someone could preach this sermon and be confident enough to end with an altar call, I still unexpectedly responded to that altar call moment in tears. Just not for the reasons other people in that auditorium would have probably assumed. While people around me thought this gifted preacher just led another troubled young presence of the Lord, the truth was, I wept because I knew I could never be a part of churches like this. I wept because I knew there were so many relationships I wouldn't have because of the shape of my growth. I wept because I felt the immediacy of uncertainty, loneliness, and loss of connection that would continue to be associated with my journey in Christ. Which is why the first thing we need to let go of in order to grow is some of our relationships. Now, this does not mean that as you evolve, you need to walk away from people who are not going where you're going. It's not what this means at all. It simply means we need to accept that some people will walk away from us as we grow. The same people who were once supportive and encouraging of who we were are now worried and concerned for where we're going. While they might see faith as a straight path you are supposed to stay committed to, you see it as an ever-widening road that keeps getting more expansive and inclusive. While they're certain you're crossing over the lines, you're confident the road keeps expanding. It might also mean that the people you cherished as guides and mentors before can no longer fulfill that role for you on these new stages of your journey. To listen to the same people who used to help you grow can now feel like an unwelcome beckoning that is calling you to move backwards. The transformation of your teachers and guides into guardians of a past you want nothing to do with is painful, can be frustrating, and sometimes can even be confusing. To lose these people we deeply cherished is a form of relational death, we will have to learn how to grieve and accept along the way. And as we learn to accept this, we will discover that we can still love and appreciate them, even while we no longer look to them to guide us anymore. Sometimes in totally unexpected ways, our spiritual growth and development is even going to change our friendships. And these ones can really, really suck. Religious people who believe their primary task is to get others to believe what they believe or see how they see, might see it as impossible to simply remain friends while you are changing into a shape that does not fit into their box. See, since they maybe unconsciously see their acceptance of you as a kind of condoning of where you're going, which is a place that not only they see as problematic, but are convinced God does too. To be a friend to you is to be an accomplice to your destruction or going astray or whatever it is they would call it. I mean, think about it. What kind of a friend would they be to just sit back and watch as you quote unquote lose your faith? To include you in their life would be to condone where you're going. And they feel they have an obligation to God to ensure that you do not keep going forward on your current path. And I know this one might sound weird to some people, but many of us know how real it is to lose friendships and have people we love slowly create distance because our current stage of unfolding does not fit into their understanding of faith. Other times it means that we can no longer be a part of the institutions, communities, or churches we once called home. See, one of the reasons why reflecting on our relationships with communities is so urgent as we are growing is this. The need for institutional acceptance is a massive wall that gets in the way of individual growth. There are times we get a glimpse of a different future. We read something that becomes a spotlight that enables us to see ahead in ways our community seems unable to. We have an experience that lifts us above our current framework, enlightens our eyes to see the limitations of our current framework, and thus liberates our vision to see beyond it. We develop a friendship with someone whose very presence leaves us unhinged, and ready to enlarge our entire sense of self. And when this happens, our ego can immediately see all of the ways this puts us at odds with our community and can leave us unsettled in our beloved institutions. And because these glimpses are experienced as threats to our social self, we're tempted to unconsciously want to cover our eyes from these rays of light from the spirit that have come to blaze a new trail. But eventually, integrity means we cannot lead the same way we used to. Authenticity requires us to challenge the way things are, which also means the institution might not be a part of us committing to create the way things can be. The people who once saw you as a gift in the community might now see you as a threat to the community, which is horrible, horrible. See, if a group of us were together, we could go on and on about all of the unique expressions of relational losses we've experienced due to our growth and the nature of how we've changed. The awkward and strangely tense conversations with old friends, the weird and hurtful comments we hear others who we've known and respected say about who we are and where we're going, the deep concern we discern others feel for us when, to be honest... We're actually doing better than ever before. The way groups of people who were once a part of our life seem to collectively pull away at a pace that is not felt immediately, but is undeniable over a long period of time. And guess what? That's okay. It's all okay. It has to be okay. It's all a normal part of a life that refuses to ever settle, crust over, and remain the same. See, one of the key dynamics we need to let go of on our unique journey of transformation is the need for any relationships to stay exactly the same as we grow. Dogmatic religious people are some of the most fearful people you will know. And when they feel threatened by your movement forward, you will find out. And, and here, here's something we need to accept. Your growth is going to offend people. Your freedom is going to scare people. Your change is going to challenge people. Not everyone is going to go where you're going. See what you've seen Or become who you're becoming. And the deep ego need for people to approve of us, to agree with us, or even understand us at any point on our path, is going to become one of the biggest obstacles on the pathway to the future the Spirit is calling us into. In Mark 7, 6 through 9, Jesus is challenging the religious leaders' view of God. And their understanding of how to live faithfully before God. The gospel writer writes, he replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have to let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. Oh, sorry, not you have to let go. I was like, that isn't so right. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. And he continued, you have a fine way of of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. This story shows how Jesus comes along and keeps challenging and subverting and calling people beyond their current understanding of God. He's not telling people not to believe in God. He's showing people an image of God that is fuller, freer, and more beautiful, and especially more faithful to the scriptures. By challenging their view of God, he's not calling people away from God. He's actually calling them closer to God. Jesus was seen as a threat, not because he didn't believe in God, but because he didn't believe in their version of God. And when we grow, evolve, change, and then share, communicate, sing, and let the world know how much wider the scene gets in our spiritual journey, this same thing can happen to us too. But we can live with this radical permission to allow change to be the constant state we are in as we are consistently formed and reformed by the Spirit. We just need to be willing to let go of any relationships that are trying to disrupt this flow. You are going to be misunderstood. You are going to be misrepresented. It's always hard when it happens. It's probably going to hurt. But out of that hurt is the temporary, or, or sorry, but that hurt is the temporary cost for more freedom, more joy and a deeper life with God. And when you know that for yourself, it's always worth it. Now, there are some other things we're going to have to let go of in order to keep growing and evolving. But for now, I'm going to stop there. There are relationships Connections with institutions and places and a sense of belonging in certain communities. We might have to surrender and accept. We might no longer be a part of and let go of in order to keep growing and evolving well. And it's going to be hard and it might hurt and it might be weird and it might be awkward. It might be all of these things. But all those things are in the end are things that are going to get in the way of the sense of growth and freedom and movement forward that the spirit is inviting you into.